0: for them today as that you meet all of their needs and I as that you would bless them inside outside and in every way god i pray that your anointing would come right now and say what you want to say to us and that we would be willing to hear it and know how to apply it and we just thank you for your word and we thank you for who you are in jesus name amen i have a, a few scriptures that i'm going to go to um but i really would like the i would like for you to go to matthew 7 Matthew chapter 7, we'll get there in a moment, um, we won't go there right to that, and uh, <clears throat> allergy season, stupid allergy season, anyone else, who else is having trouble with allergies, raise your hand, alright, Jesus help us, if you're allergy suffer, that's the best prayer, right? help Jesus, I'm, I don't like this anymore, I'm tired of it. I ask that you give us relief from our allergies, in Jesus name, Amen. All right. A few weeks back, I was listening uh, to a podcast by Danny Silk, and he was talking about our need for the gift of discernment, and he did it in a way that rocked me, and I want to take some bullet points that I took from that, some things that I learned from that message, and I want to apply it to the bridge, and I want to talk about the gift of discernment today and why it's so important today. The Bible says to be careful in the last days, be alert, be alert and self-controlled, be of sober mind, he even said in one place, be sober minded, because there are many false prophets who are sown to try to deceive people. And it says even the very elect, even the wise can be deceived if it's even possible, they'll be deceived. And so, right, and, and I want to ask you this question, when someone prophesies, what are they doing? They're speaking, exactly. So what happens is we're in a day and age right now where the false prophets are speaking and they're very loud. And social media has caused us to be, to all of us, to now have more access to those particular voices than ever before, probably in time, in history because you were getting the same information, maybe through different eyes, through different lenses, but we're all experiencing the motive for these prophetic, false prophetic voices. We're all hearing it. We're all partaking in it. We're reading it in our newsfeed, and we're hearing about the evils of society and how bad things are, and and there are these spirits that are sent. And I wanna say this to start off. The way we know whether a, a spirit is from God or whether it's not from God is Jesus says, if you're with me, then you gather. But if you're not with me, what do you do? You scatter. You separate. So here's how we can discern whether a voice or whether a feeling we have is from God or not. Does this gather me to God, closer to God? Does it gather me closer to his family Or does it scatter me away? Does it cause me to draw lines and say, well, you have to go over there because you think that. And I think this, so I have to go over here. And we can't have a relationship. That's not God. I even used the example just a moment ago. Jesus didn't care about wine. So he didn't throw his opinion out there on whether he thought they should be drinking wine at the wedding or not. He just made them more wine. And they were already drunk. Think about that for a minute. They had already drunk all the wine that they had. Hello, that was a lot of wine. I don't know how many barrels of wine they had to have gone through, and Jesus still made wine for them because his opinion about whether they should be drinking wine or not wasn't what mattered. What mattered was he was there, t- he was at a wedding to celebrate these people and together, and he was in control of himself, and he didn't have to control everyone else. <laughs> what this these false spirits do, and and we'll 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 break this down. <clears throat> is they come in and they try to get us to choose sides based on opinion. I mean, we, we have two political parties, main political parties in our country. And what is, there, what is both of the spirit motivating both parties? You stay over there because you believe this, and you stay over there because you believe that, and we don't want to have any relationship with you. That doesn't work. Like uh, Even George Washington said that the two-party system would be the death of our country. Why? Because he said, when you have two parties, and that's all you can choose from, then you divide the nation into two people. And a nation divided against itself cannot stand. So what we really need is someone to say, hey, look, I'm not a Republican. I am not a Democrat. I just want people to do well. I want people to be free to make more decisions on their own. And I want to get out of the way a little bit. <laughs> and and I don't ha- you don't have to say believe everything I say. You don't have to believe everything we say. We don't have to fight over these things. But this is a this is not just a, a political spirit, but there's a religious spirit and these false false spirits come under the influence of a religious spirit and they divide us over what we believe religiously. Not just politically. You know, I, I, I I'm so tired of Facebook. I don't even I don't even read it anymore. I honestly. I, I if I did if I wasn't a pastor, I wouldn't even have Facebook. It's a great, I wouldn't even be able to have fellowship with some people if I wasn't on Facebook. There were people at uh, Tiffany's Memorial Friday that I haven't seen in over 10 years that I would have zero relationship with them if it wasn't for Facebook. So thank you, Mark Zuckerberg, for Facebook. It's an awesome tool, but I hate it because everything's a controversy. Oh, we hate Colin Kaepernick because of this, and oh, we hate this person, Donald Trump, because of that. Everything, I'm like, oh, just shut up. I don't care. I really don't care, I don't care what you think, I don't even care enough to tell you what I think, I just don't, I'm sick of it, can we please, can we all just get along? I mean, I feel that way, look, I will shut my mouth, I don't have to tell you my opinion, I just want to be in a relationship with you, I don't care, I don't care what you believe, I don't care what your political background is, I don't care what you think about Colin Kaepernick kneeling for the the pledge or for the, the song or not, I don't care, it doesn't matter, Do I have personal opinions? Yeah, I do. You know what? It doesn't matter what I think. And what happens is we get into this, we come under the influence without even knowing it of these spirits. They're false spirits and their whole purpose is to to divide people. It's gotten so bad that even the political and the religious uh, parties have divided even within themselves. Well, you're not a constitutional Republican and you're not a, you're not this and you're not a, you're not a progressive Democrat and you're not this and you're just a liberal Dem- And then we break it down even more to where no one can, we can't even be in relationship with anyone anymore. Like before you know it, we're all by myself, <laughs> all by ourselves. There's no one else around. And we're just like, why? And we did it because we came under the influence of a spirit that was sent from Satan to divide people. And more than ever, our country, our neighborhood, Arlington, we need to come together. We need to, hey, I don't care. I don't care if you like police or don't like police. I like you. I do. I like you. And I want to be in a relationship with you. And I I can control me. We could be on opposite sides of this. And I can be in control of me and still honor and love you. And you can still be in control of you and honor and love me. And we can be okay. We don't have to agree. It's really okay. We like to take Bible scriptures like, well they were in all they were all in one mind and one accord. It didn't say they all thought exactly the same things. Jesus didn't go away and send Holy Spirit to make every Christian think the same on every topic. He actually did the opposite. Because the Bible actually says that Holy Spirit came to give diverse gifts to the body. You're a little toe, and I'm a thumb, and you're an ear, and you're an eye, and you're a nose. Diverse gifts. But only when those diverse gifts say, I'm going to come together as a family, does it even work. (laughs) But these spirits come with one goal, divide, separate. So then what happens? All of us little pinky toes have to discern where all the other pinky toes are. And we can only hang out with pinky toes. And guess what happens? If you only ever hang around with pinky toes, then you only see the world from a pinky toes perspective. (laughs) Inside of a shoe, (laughs) in pain. From being stubbed in the middle of the night and you think that's the whole world the whole world revolves around my perspective as a pinky toe but there's a big world out there. there's a forehead that sees more <laughs> right and we do that and we come under the influence of these spirits that separate divide and it's not it's not the message of christ jesus came to gather us he came to bring us together now i think the same because he gave us the Holy Spirit who gave us diverse gifts, but he gave us the Holy Spirit who also caused us to say, I love you, and I'm in a relationship with you, and, and me as a pinky toe, I know I need you as an ear. I do. The, the thing that happens is these are false spirits sent, voices sent, and what happens is when we hear the prophet of the pinky toe say the pinky toe is the right way to think, The pinky toe is the best way to be. And we believe in that. All of a sudden, we begin to shape ourselves into the perspective of pinky toe. And we miss out on the fullness of the body of Christ. And the devil sits back and just watches it all happen. And the way it happens is he motivates voices to speak. And he waits for us to come into agreement with what we hear. Oh, you're right. Cops are stupid. Oh, you're right, cops are the best. Oh, you're right, Colin Kaepernick, he should stand up. Oh, you're right, he should kneel. The whole team should kneel and stand in opposition. And what we do is we divide ourselves by what we come into agreement with. It's okay for you to believe that. But it's not okay to allow what you believe to divide and separate you from other people. Amen? In, John, in 1 John 4, verse 1, he says this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. This is 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. He says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10 says this, It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and with all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so that you may be pure and blameless to the day of Jesus Christ. You know what's really interesting to me when I read that verse? He gave us, he wants us to have all discernment so that who can be pure? Everyone around us so that we can be pure. It's a very interesting note. We'll get into more of that. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. Paul's a little bit frustrated here. He says, solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice, so they can distinguish between good and evil. Discernment is a practice. Everyone say that with me. Discernment is a practice. It's the same. The testing of the spirits is the same as discerning, discerning or distinguishing between spirits. It's a practice. It's something that we have to practice. And the the thing about discernment that really, if we can do this right, the best way to know whether a spirit is from God or not is to be around God. So that when I'm not around Him and I feel an influence or I come into contact with an influence or a voice or a spirit that's not from Him, immediately I know, well, this isn't what God's saying. This isn't what God's doing. So we test the spirit against what our relationship with God is, and we discard that spirit as a false spirit, as a false motivation. Amen? See, um, the word discernment means the distinguishing of spirits. It means judicial estimation. It means you weigh things. How many believe that everyone, that God has given us all a discerning ability to judge between what's right and what's wrong, to weigh things in a scale, to make distinctions, right? But it says, disting, uh, it says to distinguish of the spirits, not distinguishing of opinions or theologies or doctrines or political viewpoints. Oh, I can tell that person's a liberal Democrat. Oh, I can tell that that's a that's a conservative. I can just tell. Look at the gun on his waist. <laughs> it's a good sign, probably. <laughs> but he said that he wanted us to have the distinguishing of the spirits, not distinguishing of of other people's motives. Ooh, you know the the funniest thing to me as I get older. I've practiced this so long that this slaps me every time. We cannot discern other people's motives. Oh, yes, we can. Oh, I can tell what their motive is. Okay, go ahead. From now on, just practice trying to discern what people really mean. Danny tells this really cool story that I want to tell. There's a man driving down the street in his beautiful Mercedes. And as he's driving down the road... A young boy takes a rock and throws it and breaks the window in his Mercedes. And the the man's angry. Wouldn't you be angry? He broke my window. To replace that window costs as much as probably the car that I'm driving in the parking lot right now. (laughs) He's mad. So he pulls over and he wants to yell at this kid, what did you do? What did you do this for? And the kid says, he takes off running from him. And the man's like, all right. So he chases him down. And they go down the hill. And at the bottom of the hill, there's a little boy who's in a wheelchair that's laying on the road. His wheelchair had, had gone down this hill and had fallen, and the little boy tried to get people's attention, but nobody would stop. So what did he do? I'll get their attention. Discern, discernment says that boy's being rowdy. He's trying to, to just destroy people's property. He doesn't care for people. He hates rich people. He hates Mercedes, whatever. That's not the kid's motive at all. The kid's motive was my brother's in danger, and no one's going to stop for me. I have to get someone's attention. So if we think we can discern people's motives, even in a simple thing like that, we're wrong. You want know to feel foolish? Try to discern people's motives and respond to them according to what you discerned. <laughs> How many of you have ever put your foot in the mouth or acted like a, just a jerk? Because you discerned, well, their motive's really wrong. And you bow up to them, and they didn't even mean it that way at all, and now you look like the chump, right? Because we can't discern what other people are thinking. Only God in his spirit knows what's in the heart of another person. Now, can he give us the gift to where we can move with him and understand things? Yeah, there's a spiritual process there. But as a practice of life of, oh, I know what Matt's thinking right now. He's thinking, man, I wish we could go get some barbecue. and uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's probably not what Matt's thinking. Or someone comes to us and says something. Mandy... Um, Friday said something to one of the teachers at school, and then she came home and she's like, "Oh man, I think I hope I didn't offend them." Here's what happened: she was discerning her own motives, and her own what she said. And guess what? The teacher didn't think she meant it in any way at all. The teacher didn't even take it that way. But Mandy was being careful. Why? Because discernment is an inside job. God didn't give us the gift of discernment so that I can go around. Well, I know what they're thinking. Well, I know why they're voting for that person because of this. I know why they like that, that because of that. No, we don't know. God gave us the spirit of discernment so that we can know what's going on inside of our own heart. Period. It starts here. See, love uses discernment internally to see what spirit we are of. So that we can use self-control. Self-control. But the separating voices takes discernment and co ops it so that we separate and we hurt each other. You guys still with me? We guys we hang in through this. This is this is gonna bring some breakthrough, I believe. See, discernment is not the gift of suspicion. The best way to move into a spirit of separation and division. It's through the spirit of suspicion. Because what, I, what happens is we see the world through our lenses, right? Like th- whether we mean to or not, our life, our history, our, our genealogy, our parenting, the way we were brought up, the things we've experienced in life, the good, the bad, everything colors how we see the world. That's not good or bad. It just is. It's the way we see the world. And what happens so often is we see things through these things and we, miss, we, miss, uh, we, we, we misunderstand other people because of, of where they're looking and how we're looking. And if we judge by those things, then we will always separate and we will always divide ourselves between each other. But discernment says, okay, look, this is what's going on right now. I'm going to use the distinguishing of spirits. I'm going to test my spirit right now. And see what I'm doing. What's going on in me? Okay, wait a second. Uh, I'll tell a story, I'll tell I'll tell on myself. Yesterday I was tired after after the wedding and cleaning and everything. I went home and my mother in law's in town and she and Matthias are in, on my TV <laughs> in my chair <laughs> watching my TV when there's college football on. I'm just, come on now, I'm sorry. And the Rangers are about to come on too, which they were worthless last night. So I walk in the house and I'm worn out and I'm tired and I'm not being the best dad. And so I say, hey, J- hey, Matthias, um, I'm tired. Dad, I said this, exactly. What a jerk. I said, dad's tired, it's been a long week and I'm gonna sit down in my chair and I'm going to watch some college football. So you're going to have to take your movie to your room. I didn't even ask him. And here was, here's what's the worst part. I didn't feel bad immediately. But as soon as my booty hit the chair, I was like, oh, that was horrible. And then I try to justify it. But I'm so tired. I'm so worn out. I am. I don't, have, I, don't, I don't have the energy to do this the right way right now. And then Holy Spirit starts telling me to discern. I'm like, oh. And he said, if you asked him, would he have gotten up? If you ask him, if you just gave him a chance, what would Matthias have done? And if you've been around Matthias, he's a sweetheart. He is. In in spite of me, he's a sweetheart. And if I would have just said, hey, Matthias, daddy's tired. Is it okay if daddy watches football in here? no question he would have said yes there's no question in my mind but I didn't even give him a chance so guess what dad has to do I have to discern what's going on in me and I just because I was selfish and I was puffed up and I was entitled I hurt my son and he didn't act hurt but I know what it does to you (laughs) he'd have to cry for me to know that wasn't very cool I just, if, if you've heard of Danny Silk's teaching, he talks about the big yellow truck and the yellow, little truck. I yellow trucked him. I just overpowered him. And so, I, yeah, the good part of the story is I made things right. I went and told him. I was like, that was not very cool what Dad just did. took me a minute to feel that, but but I did. Because discernment goes inside. It says, what spirit are you of? Is is sitting on your couch and watching what you want right now really Important enough to hurt your son? I mean, seriously. And that's what I'm going through. <clears throat> so discernment is not suspicion or of other people's behavior or actions. It's internally seeing what's going on inside here. If you want to go to Matthew 7, we're going to read this and we're going to wind this down. Matthew chapter 7, 1 through 5. Matthew 7, 1 through 5. It says, do not judge. Now oh, we love that, don't we? We have to have judgment. We all have to weigh things. Well, on how to apply it to ourselves, not to hold other people to it. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured back to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye but you don't even notice that there's a log in your eye. Let's change that word speck to splinter. Why do you trip over the splinter that's in their eye, yet you've got a beam, a log in your own eye? Which is the bigger problem here? <laughs> the log in my eye is a bigger problem. He says, how can you say to your brother, hey, let me take that splinter out of your eye, and behold, there's a log in your own eye. You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye. Then, maybe, you can see clearly and help take the splinter out of your brother's eye. What I've found is if I do this, there usually isn't a splinter (laughs) in my brother's eye. It's usually me. And once the log is removed, oh, I can see clearly and I don't even need to talk about that. Why? Because this is discernment in action. It helps us see what's going on inside of us. See, this is why the fruit of self-control is a cornerstone in God's kingdom. I'm in control of me. You're in control of you. You get to be you, and I get to be me, right? We get to decide what spirit we are of, and we get to decide what spirit we partake in and come into agreement with. See, God gave all of us the ability to hear his voice. And we have to trust that in other people, right? God also put us in a family to help us see our blind spots. So there are times we have splinters in our eye and our brother needs to come and say, Hey, I need to talk to you about this. But the appropriate way to do that is search me, O oh God. Let me distinguish what spirit I, I'm of first. Does that splinter in their eye bother me because it hurts them or because it bothers me? And I'm going to hit on that for a second. Does, does that behavior that this person's ex, you know, showing right now or I'm experiencing from them right now, does it bother me because it's hurtful to their spirit, to their life, to their health? Or is it just because I'm offended because it's different from my perspective or opinion? We love to fix everyone else's problems so that they don't offend us and we don't even care if it's hurting them or not what should really be the the heart of the issue is if there's a splinter in our brother's eyes we should hurry and go to the Lord and say hey Lord are there any logs is there anything I'm missing right now because they're in pain right now and I want to be able to help them not be in pain If I can, if you don't want me to, if I'm not the person, I don't have to say anything. But they're in pain and I can't sit here knowing that that's hurting them. Maybe they don't see it, but there's a proper channel to go through. And that channel is I love that other person. I love them so much that I'm not going to go run my mouth to them and cast stones at them. I love them so much that my initial reaction, the realm that we live in, the kingdom, says because I love Kyle, I go into the secret place and say, Father, is there anything in me right now that's causing me to misperceive this, to understand this in a wrong way? If there is, please cleanse me out right now because he's hurting right now. I think, I could be wrong, he may not even be hurting, but I feel like he's hurting. And if he is, please help me because I love him so much that I want to help him. That is the kingdom. This other mess, we don't have time for that. We just don't. And, and discernment helps us to do that. See, in, in Luke chapter 9, Jesus said, there's just amazing things that had just happened. And they're saying this was when they wanted to build the, three, the temples, one for Moses and one for Elijah and one for Jesus and all that kind of stuff. It was this, this amazing moment. And the disciples had this heightened sense of who Jesus was. And then all of a sudden, this town of people, didn't feel what they were feeling towards jesus they didn't have this praise and worship and think he was really awesome as a matter of fact they they disrespected jesus so the disciples in their heightened view of jesus as this 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 mighty king of kings and lord of lords they're like hey no one should treat you like that can we call fire down from heaven and kill them that's literally what they asked Why were they asking it? Were they concerned for the souls of these other people? Nope. They were concerned that they weren't doing and responding the way they were responding to Jesus. So they were angry that they weren't responding to Jesus the way they saw him right now. So they were going to fix it by killing them the way the Old Testament prophets would have done. And the Bible says that Jesus turned to them And he said, and he rebuked them. This is Luke 9. It's towards the end around 54, 55. And he says, you do not know what kind of spirit you're of right now. Because the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save their lives. Why is this important? What does this have to do with discernment? Let me ask this question. How many times have you had a revelation of god or god shows you something you learn something and you're all alone in in, in discovering that has that ever happened to you like man you're like you're telling i do this happens to me all the time like, hey babe this is where i'm at right now this is what god's showing me and she's just like oh cool <laughs> and she does the same to me hey babe i gotta tell you what the lord showed me read this she sends me all these pictures screenshots of you know prophetic words i'm like oh cool she's seeing the lord in a way and i'm seeing the lord in a new way right now but that doesn't mean that i put on my wife a responsibility to to respond the way i am right now and get frustrated oh how do you not see this are you are you, do you need to ask jesus back in your heart you know we go there why because she's not responding the way i'm responding and i'm not responding the way she is are either of us wrong no it would be like <sighs> Friday we mourned. Friday we mourned for, for Tiffany, Nicole's sister. We mourned as a family. Saturday we rejoiced with Francis and Tommy. <sighs> Is it okay to mourn? Yeah. What if, what if Friday, Francis was like, I can't believe y'all are in there mourning the day before my wedding. We're having a rehearsal in here tonight, and y'all are in here mourning. No. We mourn when we're time to mourn, because that's where we're at. We don't hold other people. We don't, we don't get frustrated with them because they're not responding. We bless your son, Tilly. God bless him. Amen. We don't respond to people just because we're responding that way. We don't hold them to it. Is this making sense? So what we need to do is we need the spirit of discernment more than ever before. Not to know what's wrong with other people, but so that we can make sure that we know what spirit we're partaking of right now. Am I gathering or am I dividing? Is what I'm saying right now helpful or is it hurting the other person? Is there value to it? Or should I just shut my mouth? Do am I really the one with the problem here? They may not even have an issue. Should I say something if they do? Do you know sometimes we see issues in other people because we're in community and there are times that God doesn't want us to say a word about it. That's Did you know that's even really possible? Oh, if he showed me he wants me to do something about it. Not necessarily. Maybe he shows us so we have compassion for people. Man, if, we, if we, we discern and see that something's going on with someone, we're like, man, we know what's going We see it, and, and we didn't know what was going on before. It should move us to compassion. It should not move us to judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment, always. This is the kingdom we're part of. So when we say we need a gift of discernment, it's, distinct, it's not just distinguishing between what's good and what's evil. And it's not for other people. It's for us. Because discernment is the process by which we spiritually discern which realm we're going to partake in. Am I doing the work of the kingdom or am I destroying? We're doing one or the other. Amen. Amen. One more personal story of ugliness. From the time I was young, I, um, I could feel what people would feel like. I, it sounds really mystical. and That's fine. If it bothers you, I'm sorry. But like, when people could walk into a room, I could feel whether they were in pain. Whether, from the time I was little, I could tell if they were hurting. I could tell if they were mad, frustrated. You could just feel and sense. And some of that comes from you just paying attention, right? But there's, there's also a spiritual side to it. And so I remember um, as this gift was beginning to be developed, I would use it to insulate myself from people. I would use it to protect myself. And then I was so ugly that I would sit in restaurants and sit in malls, and I would read people just to read them. No reason. Oh, yeah, they're having an affair. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. It's, it's terrible. It's disgusting. And we even had some friends that we would do this. And like, I think this is what's going on. I bet we were wrong every time. But that's what, that's what I thought the gift was for. I thought that discernment was so that I could tell what's wrong with other people, so I could tell them because they don't know. They couldn't possibly know. They're not as smart as me. (laughs) You see, it's funny when we talk about it like this, but it's really—it's so arrogant. It is so arrogant, and it's so self-righteous. And I've made this statement to Mandy a few times lately that I fully believe that a self-righteous spirit is the ugliest thing there is on the planet. I even said this to her. I think a pedophile is not as ugly as a self-righteous Christian. Like, oh, that's a hard one. Been, I've been, I was sexually abused. I can, I can, yeah. But a pedophile, at least they know they're dirty. They may not care, but they know they're sick. And there's something wrong. A religious person who's self-righteous is walking around smelling like poo I know you like to think you don't stink. Lean a little bit closer, see that. Come on, anybody know? Smell like boom, 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 boom. <sighs> you may know that song Am I the Holy one. Come on. <laughs> That's a religious spirit. Oh, I think I smell like roses, but I really stink, and I don't even know I stink. What a, what a horrible way to do life. You go around everyone and you stink and they're all like, oh my God, ugh, I don't like to be around them. I don't even like to read their posts on Facebook, it just stinks and they don't even know they stink. I don't want to be like that. I, huh. If I'm that way and I stink, you better dang tell me. Please, I'm being serious. I, I, I'm being funny, but I'm being absolutely serious. If you smell self-righteousness on me, you have my permission to say, hey, man, that was really arrogant. That was self-righteous. That's not God. That's not Jesus. If anyone had the right to walk around like, hey, man, I know everything, and I've got it all together, Jesus, he was the man, had a right to do that. But he didn't even act like that ever. He even said this, I don't even speak on my own. I will only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see him doing. That's how much he didn't want to be like that and stink. So why do we have and why do we need a spiritual discernment? For us first. Father, I ask you that you would take this and you would make it become part of our core values. I really mean that that we would seek to be discerning people, that we would seek to be people who test the spirits so that we can know what spirit we're of and so that we know what we're going to participate in. Father, we don't want to scatter. We don't want to be part of the division. We don't want to raise our voice and let it be co-opted by a false spirit and cause division and separation. Father, we break agreement right now with the spirit of division, spirit of separation. Hmm. And God, I ask it right now, you would baptize us in grace and with an anointing to bring people together. Hmm. Yes, Lord. Take all of us diverse people with diverse gifts and help us to flow together as one body. Holy Spirit, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Can we close out like this? Can we, can we repent? If, we've, if we have participated in division... If we participated in these things that we've talked about, can we just take a moment and just ask God to forgive us? Father, we're sorry. It was so ugly. It's disgusting, God. And we ask that you forgive us and remove the shame that we feel for acting that way. Remove the shame now. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> Our Father, I ask that you would anoint us with the spirit of self-control. <sighs> yes, Lord. Hmm. We break connection with the self-righteous spirit. We break connection with a judging spirit. And we partner with the Holy Spirit. Would you say that with me? I break connection with a self-righteous spirit and a judging spirit. And I connect with Holy Spirit. hmm <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. It's a good day. Amen. If you want prayer, I'll be here at the front. Some of us will be here at the front. We want to pray with you. I want to say this. I love seeing the ministry that took place during worship, right? It was just beautiful to see. I love that. So anytime in our services you feel... You want to minister? Do it. Pray for one another. It's good for us to pray for one another. If you want prayer at the end, we're here for you, all right? Um, We love you guys. We bless you. Hope to hear your voice on the call Wednesday at 7 o'clock, all right? All right. God bless you guys.